Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ambassadors Forum Radio Show here on True Talk 800 AM KPDQ. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, and most importantly, bought and paid for, bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to better understand and defend your faith by thinking biblically, the same way Jesus did it. I am so excited to introduce my guest today on today's show, Ron Mars. Ron got a BA in mathematics from the University of Oregon and got some experience in the power industry as a computer programmer. He then started a long career in ministry as a youth pastor for Westwood Baptist Church and then later as an executive and worship pastor. He became the leader of the Portland Youth Workers Network and is presently a professor of youth and pastoral ministry at Western Seminary. Ron, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to be here. All right. Well, you know, it's funny. You and I have have talked about this idea of having, you know, an engineering or math and science, some kind of technical background, and then going into ministry. And I can usually recognize fellow uh, recovering engineers or whatever you want to call them in ministry because you think a certain way. And so what are your thoughts on that? How do you think your technical background in mathematics prepared you uniquely for studying and understanding and teaching the Bible? The way God made me had to do with logic and systems in computer programming. Right. Uh, here's the problem. Uh, how are we going to solve it? Input, output. Right. Two ideas. One sure. would be related to leadership. Mm. I think we should be organized and we should know our inputs and outputs. <laughs> and so it gets me in trouble having to be patient. You know, if people sure. listen to me and do what I say, it'll all be wonderful. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm joking, sort of. Um, I think the other th- related to Bible study and Bible teaching, the same thing comes in there, I think, for me, is I, I'm looking for the data, trying right. to figure out what truth is. And then in my case, I don't know if this is exactly connected, Roy, but I I love to figure out how to teach them creatively. So I don't know, mm. maybe I'm a right. mixture of things. I just love involvement learning with students and adults. Um, that could be another thing there. But I think that my personality related to math, computer science, here's the flow chart, right. here's the beginning, end, and here's how we're going to get here. Yeah, it relates to probably logical thinking. I like that word you use there, problem solving, because it's in the world forever. There's a lot of problems. (laughs) You know, sin, you know, selfishness, you know, all these things that, you know, God has a purpose and an eternal will that he's like, hey, part of the way I designed the world, there's a big problem, sin, (laughs) and there's a big solution Christ and salvation, but the way that that gets worked out really does kind of simplify into a problem statement. And I think people with a technical background, that's a very familiar area where you're like, what's the problem? How do we approach it? How do we solve it? In a way, that's sort of how the world, the universe, all of creation runs 
gives us a kind of a comfortable place, you know, in, in kind of resonating with God on, okay, this is kind of yeah. how things work. Yeah. Even computer programs, you know, mechanical systems, I- anything that people design and build, you know, machines, they're pretty straightforward. And you put in an input, you know, a little bit of non-deterministic stuff, but that's kind of out on the fringes. Mostly you put in an output, you know how the machine works, you get an output, People are not that simple. (laughs) And so when you you bring this into a ministry, like you said, if people would just do what I say, you know, it's the same thing with my kids. I'm like, guys, (laughs) I've made a lot of mistakes. (laughs) So if you just listen to all my wisdom, you know, your life will be a lot easier. But as you know, it it doesn't work like that. And that's where the you're hitting on, right, the complexity of these problems. And what I was thinking about, there are just so many circumstances in life where we say why yeah and we're trying to figure out when you talked about sin (laughs) there was we're trying to figure out why yeah all of life what's the cause and effect yeah and we know because of sin it's very complex we can't always understand why something happened exactly um there was a book i read years ago on sin and what, one of the things that stood out from these years ago, but I've lived with this, is sin doesn't make sense. So there's a certain limitation right. to ha- concluding, ever figuring out right. why something happened. And it's what you referred to as sin. Yeah. It doesn't mean we don't keep trying. Sure. This is sometimes we find the limits to our understanding to actually get a cause and effect. That's probably one of the most common questions we get, certainly themes, family of questions, in our apologetics ministry is, you know, why is this bad thing happening? Yeah. And, and if God was so good, then, then why doesn't he just fix things? And one kind of technical engineering analytical approach is to say, well, rather than solve all the problems, why don't we solve a, you know, a representative problem? And so you might take that approach and say, okay, well, let's deal with something in your life. What's a problem in your life where there's suffering or whatever? And if you trace that back, it always goes back to not only, you know, sin, but layers of sin. Your sin, your parents' sin, sin of people you don't even know about. And so you start to build this description of your present circumstances based on this analysis. And you're like, wow, <laughs> I've got 14 different levels of sin Bingo. and the interaction yeah. and the integration of it. And it becomes this big, messy problem. And you're like, yeah. well, let's just think about this for a second. If God just you know, came in with a hammer and said, I'm going to fix this like this. And you're like, cool, that might solve this aspect of it. But then think about all the other repercussions that delivering one solution would have and you start walking people through that and pretty soon they're like wow this is a lot more complex than i thought absolutely (laughs) and you know you're really you're bringing to attention i have just been absolutely loving a book by tim keller Mm. walking with god through pain and suffering Mm. you're echoing the kinds of things i'm hearing from him why does a good and loving god Allow suffering and evil, probably one yep. of the biggest yep. apologetic questions which you just brought up. Yeah. And it's just been a, a wonderful read mm. because he tackles the big stuff, he goes back to philosophers, Greek philosophies, does all that, yeah. but he also gets down to talking about there's different kinds of affliction 
and mm. there's different kinds right. of temperaments that respond right. to the different kind of affliction. So y- you caused me to think about why the Lord's saying to me, Ron, you just really need to listen. You need to keep <laughs> listening to people That's right. and not come up with like a magic answer. Maybe it worked for you, but it doesn't necessarily work for them. Yeah. The answer to what you're yep. just bringing yeah. up, why did God allow this? Yeah. There's this broad range of explanations, Yeah, and you hit on them. Yeah. Sins against us, sins by us, or in the case of Job, he didn't ever get an explanation exactly. <laughs> from the Lord about it, so he just has to accept, I'm God, yeah. and you need to trust me. Yeah. yeah, I've seen people in ministry, great people, great hearts, but their approach is exactly what you described. They're like, well, this is what's worked for me, so I know it'll work for you. And again, coming from a good intention, a good heart. Yes, absolutely. But the danger of that is if you were in a very simple system and everything always worked the same, then that that approach might work. But this is so complex to even dare say, well, I found a solution that worked for me, so then therefore automatically it works for everybody else. It's just going to be a dangerous approach. Which is why when we're listening to people, I imagine you're the same. We're saying, Lord, help me. I mean, we're praying exactly. and listening simultaneously. Yes, yes. Uh, Lord, give me the scripture, the idea. And then what I'm finding, Roy, is that I just need to ask, what do you think about that <laughs> to the person? Absolutely. And then say, well, it yep. uh, doesn't help me that much. Fine, then let's yeah. keep talking. Yeah. We're here. We're people. Yeah. We're trying to work something out for you because you're generally in some kind of pain, suffering, emotional yeah. struggle. So you're exactly right. I'm going to give you an example that just happened this weekend, and I'll keep it a little vague because I want to protect somebody's identity. But somebody called me, and they said, hey, I was just in an accident with my car and my trailer and all this kind of stuff. And I immediately thought, okay, I could try and learn everything about what they just described and then come up with the perfect solution. But in the moment, I thought, you know what? Wait a minute. They're like, hey, the police are on the side of the road. It was a very urgent situation. And I just felt like the Lord in the moment said, Roy, don't try and solve the problem. They probably already know the answer. So just help them think through the problem. I slowed down and I said, describe the situation. And they described the situation. And I said, what do you need? And they're like, oh, what I need is this. I'm like, so do you have that? Well, yeah, I do have that. To make a long story very short, they ended up solving the problem all on their own. All they needed to do was have, you know, someone come in with kind of an analytical approach. I mean, it took like 60 seconds. Mm. And instead of like, hey, drop everything I'm doing and do all this stuff and make a big, I'm like, wait a minute, if I just help you do it with a little bit of analysis, and it was amazing. And I thought later, man, how often do we go to try and help someone? And if we would just slow down and say, wait a minute, I don't need to come be the hero and ride in on a white horse and be the knight in shining armor. I'm just going to help you solve your own problem with just a little bit of analysis. We have a wonderful coaching program at Western Seminary, and I, I audited one of the first classes. I really learned ministry skills about asking questions. Yeah. And one of the points they made, which I think is very important, is that people will tend to do follow through what they come up with. (laughs) rather than what what I tell you. So you help them come up with a solution. They go, oh, that's good. And they own it, and they have it, and they go for it. It's hard in ministry, pastoral counseling, 
not to just quote something or give the one thing. Yeah. And so yeah. what I add in my style that's helped me a lot is, it's related to what you said, is help me understand. And the more I can say help me understand, yeah. then I yeah. get more important information for yeah. the person rather than jump to conclusions early and then give the medicine. Well, we talked in the introduction, I talked a little bit about you were kind of the head of the Portland Youth Network. So that approach that we've just talked about, the, the approach of listening, trying to come alongside someone, they might know more than they think they know or they realize. And have you seen that play out differently in a youth population versus an adult population? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if there's a huge difference. Okay. I'm thinking of conversations, even with my old grandson, yeah, youth in our church, et cetera. And it seems like the principles that you laid out there are pretty much the same. Okay. But the temptation is probably stronger to tell the youth, I'm older, I got the answer. If you do this, you'll be happy. I think but there is an aspect to that. I think the youth pastors that are really successful long term, I see people who are like, hey, you got to jump in youth ministry. You got to, you know, do your time there so that you can get on to the more important <laughs> uh, ministries, which I totally don't agree with, but I just hear that a lot. Yeah, that's true. Um, but the people who are in youth ministry successfully I for so. years, decades, they know that you have to connect with the youth. The hand down the law and do what I say because I yeah. said so just doesn't work. It's not successful. So That's right. obviously That's you've had a really long, decades-long run of being successful in youth ministry. That must have been your style, I, is I, more yeah. coming alongside. Just huge patience, Roy. Of <laughs> These are developing people. You know, they're yeah. adolescents, and they're developing, and they're thinking through options and what you're telling them and everything else that they're hearing from other people and so it can just get impatient in youth ministry because you need results for yourself to <laughs> affirm yourself like oh wow you know i said this and now they radically changed uh you know and all because right. of me right yeah. it's pretty much similar to parenting right sure. but now you're helping raise right. children in the discipline and instruction yeah. of the lord helping christian moms and dads to do that in my mind that's why you walk in the spirit day by day asking god for wisdom for the conversation that you have today leave the results to god Mm. you know wherever that comes leave results but it's really hard because you don't necessarily have this finished product that you can point to and now they're going on hopefully you've laid the groundwork right for them yeah but we used to do a class when I was in Olympia, we created a class called Senior Challenge, and I think this fits what you are trying to do in your ministry. Right, yeah. We called it Senior Challenge. I did this. It was an elective during Sunday school, high school, Sunday school. Yeah. And we picked up the different things, worldview, other things, right. because we, it was a college prep course. Right. And all the seniors that came on Sunday morning did that. You're thinking about the moment, but if you're doing youth ministry, Okay, we're sending them off to a variety of schools. Will they choose a church? Will they choose a Christian organization? What will they choose? And so this was kind of a combination to say, we're trying to set you up for choosing well. That's cool. And making good choices when you go off to college. Because most of them left Olympia, you know, to go elsewhere. They weren't in our lives anymore. Pretty advanced level of maturity to be able to say, you know what? 
I'm just going to obey God. I'm going to sow the seed. I'm going to do wh- what I'm supposed mm-hmm. to do and obey. Wouldn't it be nice <laughs> to have that immediate feedback and that, hey, good job, kudos, you made an impact. If the successful youth minister is like, no, you know what? First thing you got to do is you got to get past that. That's good. You, you, <laughs> yeah. and That's hard. <laughs> you know, I've got this past year, I talked to a 50-year-old woman who's raised her children yeah. who was in my youth group back in the 80s. Oh, wow. And she said, Ron, I'm sure you don't remember this, but when I was 14, we were on a plane going somewhere. The youth group was yeah. going somewhere. Yeah. We were sitting next to each other wow. in the plane, and you asked me about home, and I said, well, it's been difficult because my dad's abusive, mm. unsaved dad. Mm. You said, well, I'm sorry to bring it up. She said, yeah, yeah. no, I'm glad you did bring it up. And then she said to me this thing, Ron, at that point, you became my father figure as the youth pastor. Wow. She's one of the sweetest people in the world yeah, and yeah. one of our active youth group persons. Yeah, yeah. But I had no idea. So wow. decades later, I'm hearing wow. this story wow. about this little conversation and then through wow. what it meant to her. Wow. Honestly, it makes me cry because... She's been serving the Lord, Christian guy in our town, and they've done well as a family. Wow. What a treat. It was. It was. I'll tell you, it was stunning. It's not something that as a youth pastor, when you're in the moment. Especially during COVID, one of the things that I tried to do with volunteer youth workers and youth pastors is just talk to them about how critical their role was in the Mm. lives of these children, because these young people, because they will ask you questions that nobody else fields you know when when you talk about coaches you know public school coaches teachers counselors maybe some people have counsel where do kids talk about things that matter both the things like we're talking apologetics so the intellectual the cultural things that we're dealing with gender this or that i've done everything roy this last few years in my role at Portland Youth Workers Network especially and encouraging these pastors then if i go talk to volunteers somewhere just say you're at a place that in our culture doesn't exist Yeah, for kids to talk about stuff that matters. They're yeah. doing social media yeah. or yep. listening to things on YouTube. Yep. They're getting yep. all this data, yeah. but they got questions. The kind yep. of listening and yep. helping yep. that happens. Then, boy, it's just a great moment. I'm wow. just trying to cheer all these adults on. Wow. You don't have to have all the answers, right? but you can help find the answers right. for people. So it's these various issues, emotional development, physical, cognitive, intellectual. Yeah, you're there. Youth pastor, go for it. So yeah, I'm a big cheerleader. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about because I feel it. Every time kid writes out a question on a three by five card and says, hey, Mr. Swart, this is what I'm struggling with. I'm like, wow, this may not have gotten to their parents. This may not have gotten to their youth pastor. This may, you know, this may have been sitting in their heart festering or whatever and they're like every time i get one of those cards i feel the weight of responsibility yep and i want to zero in and make eye contact and slow down and say wait a minute this is really really important i want the rest of the world to stop and let's address this yeah that's good this heart that's neat for some reason you're reminding me of a book Know Why You Believe, back in the little, 60s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul, I have that book in my Paul library. <laughs> Little, Paul Little, Know yep, Why You Believe. Yep. I mean, that was the 
resource that the Lord did sure. for me yeah. as a high school junior or yeah. senior yeah. and I had that book. And yeah. then I'm saying the ministry that you guys are doing yeah. and other places where kids get asked stuff, then those are lurking there. And they're in the lives of these kids we've raised and they're yeah. in our churches, in our homes. Yeah. But there's legitimate questions, issues that we need to address. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. you reminded me of that, the significance of that when I was in high school. Right. Uh, having that resource. And I think that a book, now it's you know videos or podcasts sure. or whatever, <clears throat> those are all helpful. At some point, you really want to land with a person. And maybe to go through that little booklet and say, hey, I read this. Can we talk about this? Because I'm not quite sure I fully understand what they're saying here. And that's where we feel this huge responsibility in Portland specifically. It's like, man, if I could sit every... Christian young person in Portland. I, I don't know if there's 5,000 or 10,000 or 30,000 or whatever it is, and just make sure that somebody, somebody who's equipped and patient and gentle and yep. kind and who has yep. that kid's best interest in mind and sit down with them and say, I want to make sure that <clears throat> whatever questions are on your mind, whatever you're wrestling with, I want to make sure that it's out in the open and you know That's that good. there's somebody who cares and somebody who can help direct you back to the Bible which has the answers, and let's do that together. I mean, if we could do that, <laughs> it'd be I huge. Agree. Good resources, but you need people. That's right. Exactly what you're saying. That's Talk right. You have to raise up those yeah. leaders, whether they're youth pastors, whether they're you know volunteers, whatever, and you have this army of people. Uh, that's um, a good word. I so. agree. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about a few specifics. So Unite PDX is coming up. Um, so talk a little bit about what yeah, that event is and excellent. if people are interested, you. You know, yeah, what, what do they do? That. Yeah, really it started different youth pastors that have uh, had this vision for uniting the Christian youth of the city. Mm-hmm. And last spring we did some at about 1,000 kids at Southwest Bible, and uh, that was focused on sharing the gospel of Christ with them. This fall, the idea came up. I'm trying to give credit to other people who had the vision to have regional meetings. The focus on this is to encourage church kids, Christian students, to take the gospel to their schools and to Mm. their neighborhoods. To be missionaries at their school. Exactly. I'm doing the Urban Youth Workers Network. We're meeting at Door of Hope, but they're all around the city. And so we're having a Josh White speak, and we're having music from Door of Hope, and then we're breaking up the kids by their schools. And so they're going to meet one another. So uh, there's an event on September 28th called See You at the Pole. And it's been around for decades, but it kind of lost its luster, frankly. (laughs) We're going to bring it up to say, here, Here's okay. an idea. Sure. Students all around the country are right. doing See at the Pole. You might yeah. want to gather before school. Okay. And so we're promoting that a little bit. We're going to get kids together by their school so they meet kids from other churches. I don't know if all the regions are doing that, but the goal is to have you meet people from your so school. So this, this yeah. will work for all of Portland. So Portland yeah, we've City got them all over. Hillsborough yeah. and Gresham and, yeah. and all the Tualatin. I think our link is uniteyouth.us. I'm pretty sure I have that. I was singing it through, but <laughs> you can write me at rmars at Western okay. Seminary edu, and I'll be glad to send the info. Very cool. If you and, haven't heard about it yet. And so there should be some local event be grouped by school, yep. so you'll be meeting kids from yep. different churches. Exactly. But within your school, your school to that's work on. That's the goal, Roy. Very cool. That's it. Yeah. Oh, that's and then awesome. in the winter, spring, I think February is when we have a plan for everybody in the city together again. 
Okay. I don't know if we picked the date exactly yet, but people okay. can find that out. So we're going to unite again the whole city, and that'll again be a focus where we share the gospel as that being the primary focus. Very yeah. cool. Yep. Well, right thank on. you for all the you know decades of service <laughs> and commitment here in Portland. You know, it's a very unique culture. I think it's a very fertile environment. Uh, you know, people here want to talk, and they want to talk about important things, and they want to probably most that I've found, they want to make a difference in the world. You know, people here in Portland, even, you know, rabid atheists or agnostics or people in general, there's something about this location or whatever it is. People are like, hey, you know what? I want to take care of the world. I want to take care of people. I genuinely care about things and I want to make a difference. And that should be a runway to the gospel right there <laughs> yeah, yeah. so thanks for uh, everything that you've been doing and it sounds like there's some exciting things going on and thanks for the details and thanks for being here and sharing your heart thanks for having me roy appreciate it now how about you how do you naturally approach the truth of the bible and the hard questions in life do you usually take a more analytical approach are you more relational Whatever your style, God wants you to be more equipped in your faith, to understand why you believe what you believe, and to be able to explain that to others. Well, the Ambassadors Forum is here to help. Please visit our website at theambassadorsforum.com to check out some of our helpful resources. And finally, thank you for joining us on the radio today. You can join us every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. here on True Talk 800 a.m. KPDQ. I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you.